words out from last week's lesson. Get your notes out. I appreciate that. Appreciate your presence here on tonight. Grateful for your presence on tonight. I'm going to run through um, a piece of what we started looking at on last week and um, then following through. I've been wrestling with this concept, this idea about what does God really want from me? What does he want from me? What does he want? What does God really want from me? me? What does he want from me? And um, give me, let me just run through the slides like I did earlier, if you will. So we've been tracking and tracing this concept, this idea of biblical worship, biblical worship. We've been tracking and tracing this concept of biblical worship primarily because we've come to the conclusion that we believe that God wants from us worship that looks like what he describes in the word of God. Now, we come to that conclusion, next slide please, because we discovered and understand that we were what class? We were made to worship. We, we understand and discover that we were made to worship. This ought to be in your notes already for those of you who've been with me. And if you have not been with me, then this ought to go in your notes. We were made for worship. But then secondly, we discovered that even though we were made for worship, we all worship something. Okay? That we all worship something. We worship something, Sister Colette, because we were all made for worship. Y'all let Minister Bessie know that it's a bit warm in here and that I'm going to probably have people sleeping on me in a few moments. We were all made for worship, but we secondly, we understand that we all worship something. Amen? Lean over and tell your neighbor, even you, even you, we all worship something. Now, in the midst of us, in the midst of us, um, being made for worship, and in the midst of us all worshiping something, it is correct for us to know that we were made to worship God. You with me? We were made to worship whom? We were made to worship God. All of us, Minister Bessie, are literally made to worship God. We were made for that. We were made for that. Next slide, please. I then showed you all last week where Jesus, in fact, is confronted by the Pharisees in Luke's Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, during the season that we call Palm Sunday. And during Palm Sunday, Jesus is confronted um, as he's riding in to Jerusalem on a donkey. Um, the people are there and they are laying palms in the street and some of them are waving the palms at Jesus 
and they're crying Hosanna. The Pharisees says to Jesus, I need you to tell them to hold their peace, to hold their peace because they ought not be shouting and worshiping God at that level. Are you with me so far? Wow, that was four of you all. I'll try it one more time. Um, Jesus says to the um, Pharisees, I, in fact, um, uh, these are my people and they're worshiping God. As a result of them worshiping God, um, the Pharisees decide that they wanted the people to be quiet. I need them to hush up. I need them to shut up because this is not what we do. This is not how we worship God. And Jesus said, do I make sense so far? Jesus said to them, Jesus said to them, I just showed you in Luke 19. Jesus said in verse 40, if they keep quiet, then the stones along the road are going to burst into tears. The King James Version that you probably are accustomed to hearing says something like this. If they hold their peace, then the stones shall cry out. So Jesus is refuting what the Pharisees are asking the people to do. From there, I challenged you all on last week. Next slide, please. And I said to you, yeah, we've got to be careful not to let our traditions define our worship, but let the Bible define what worship is. Are you with me so far? So they were being caught up in the tradition of what worship was for them, so much so until Jesus says to them, I need y'all to be careful about how you allow tradition to define what worship is, what worship is. My next slide, if you don't mind. Next slide. Now, the question that we raised that I've been tracking and tracing and trying to work through is what does biblical worship look like? Um, Y'all, read that slide for me, class. Read it all together. Go. The reason why I raised this question, Sister Jeanette, is because it might be that biblical worship, what we are accustomed to seeing on Wednesday nights and Sundays and, and any day we choose to worship might not look like what God intended worship to look like. It might not be that. It might not look that way. It might not look that way. I, I'm, 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 I'm going to suggest to you that based upon this study is that we've got to figure out what does biblical worship look like? not being caught up in our tradition. We know what worship looks like for us, but does what we do line up with what God's word says? All right, now. So what does biblical worship look like? Now, what I suggest that we ought to do and what we started doing last week was that we started looking at um, worship, biblical worship and what it looks like. And we went to the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms. Veronica, the reason why we went to the book of Psalms is because we discovered in last week that the book of Psalms is nothing more than a book on worship. Amen. 
It's a book on worship. So when you get to the book of Psalms, I don't care where you land, Psalms 3, Psalms 40, Psalms 104, it doesn't matter. You're going to find a group of people in Psalms doing nothing but worshiping God. Now, what I decided to do, uh, uh, Nikki, was I decided to take the book of Psalms and I wanted to take one word and that word was praise and show you how that particular word in Psalms literally um, um, uh, has more than one meaning. Now, for the sake of you all who were not with me on last week, let me just kind of run this through you. We discovered and determined that the book, the Old Testament, was written in what class? All right, that's five of you all who paid attention. Let's try it one more time. So you don't know it, but you know it now, all right? The book, the Old Testament, was written in what class? It was written in Hebrew. It's okay if you don't know, but I want to make sure that from, the, from this day forward that you do know. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament was written in Greek. Let the church say Greek. All right, now, this might be Greek to you, but it's very important for you to understand. Old Testament written in Hebrew, New Testament written in Greek. So what happens here, Minister um, White, is this. When we look at a word in the English language, um, in the Hebrew language, that one word can be a whole paragraph in Hebrew. So when we look at the understanding of it, we can get the word praise, and in our English definition of what praise is, is not the Hebrew definition of what praise is. So it becomes important for me to make sure that as we look at worship, what biblical worship is, that we, in fact, get a comprehensive view of what God says, this is what biblical worship looks like for me. So, we took the word praise. Let the church say praise. And we began to unpack that word. And from that word, I said to you all last week that there is a total of seven. Let the church say seven. Seven different meanings for the word praise. So, if you take your Bible, Patricia, and open it up in Psalms and just started reading, and you see something that says, praise ye the Lord God. You would think, okay, I understand praise, but then I go to Psalm 23, and I see something different where it says, same word, praise the Lord and extol him. Um, praise the Lord with music, musical string instruments. Then we, we lose the essence of what that word means, praise without understanding the Hebrew definition of how they use the word praise. So we took it, the best word we could find, because our words are limited, was the word praise. But for them, it was a whole paragraph of description of what God was intending of us as it relates to worship. Now, let's go a little further. Now, so then from there, next slide if you don't mind, next slide. Um, the first word that we came to was the word halal, 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 which means to rave, to boast, to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. Y'all with me? 
All right, for those of you who are not here, take a picture of that. I got to move quickly. That's, uh, we, we went through that on last week. All right, halal. Go ahead and use your phone. Take a picture of that. I promise you it's going to bless you. Halal. It means to rave, to boast, to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. Wow. That's what it means, okay? Let me just help you all. This is the kind of people that God like. Mm. <laughs> One more time, Anthony. This is the kind of people that, people who like to rave. Folk who like to boast. People who like to celebrate. And folk who don't mind acting foolish for God. God says, I like it like that. I, I like it when people are excited to see me. I love it when folk become, y'all, excited to walk into my presence. That's the word halal. That's a Hebrew word for the word praise. Now, let me show it to you in Scripture. Watch this. In Scripture, it says this, y'all, in Psalms 35, verse 18. He says, then I will thank you. Then I will thank you in front of the great assembly. Pause there for a moment. Let me tell you all this. The only thing that conservative um, worship does is protect your image and your ego. But it does absolutely nothing for God. Lord Jesus. All it does, your conservative, y'all, um, um, approach to worship all that does is protect your ego, your image, and your pride. But it does actually, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we have to act like that. I don't really believe that we have to, you know, act foolishly, clamorously foolish for God. I don't believe we ought to act that way, lifting our hands. I don't believe that God requires. It doesn't take all of that. I'm sorry, y'all. Uh, the only thing that does is protect your image, protect your ego, and protect your pride. But, but God says, then, watch this, then, watch this, Brother Mike, I will thank you in front of the large crowd. The one you're trying to protect your image in front of. I, God, I'm going to let them know it's you who brought me when I couldn't bring myself. All right? I'll thank you in, in, the great, in front of the great assembly. I will halal you. In other words, I'm going to rave. I'm going to boast. I'm going to, in fact, um, be foolishly or clamorously foolish on your behalf. I'm going to celebrate you. That's what that word, so when you see the word praise in Psalm 35, verse 18, what that means is I'm going to halal you. And halal means to rave. It means to boast. It means to celebrate. It means to be clamorously Foolish. Wow. You, you got to say to me, Sister, sister, um, sister um, uh, Bessie, you got to say to me, I would have never gotten that from reading the word praise. I, I didn't know that's how he wanted me to act. Okay? Halal. Got to go. Give me the next one. Come on. Next one. Next one. Watch this. Next one. It's yada. The next one is what class? Yada means to acknowledge in public. It means to acknowledge in public with an extended hand. Go ahead and take a picture of that, please. Y'all, if you don't have it already. It means to acknowledge in public with an extended hand. I am going to lift 
my hand. Watch this. I don't understand why we got to be lifting our hands. Uh, you know, I don't understand. Because God said so. I do it because he's asked me to. All right? Uh, give me the scripture verse. Let's go a little further. Watch this. Yadah. Yadah means to extend hand. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart before the gods. And I will sing your Yadah. I will sing your praise with extended hand. I will sing it in front of people. I'll acknowledge you in public. And that's what that word praise means in Psalm 138. All right, let me go to the next, the third one. Let me go to the third one. Here's the third one. Did I, did I, did I do this one last week with you all? Okay, good, 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 good. Then I don't, have a, I don't have a hang here long. Then Barak, for those of you who are new, Barak means to bless by kneeling or bowing. Another word for that one is surrender. It means surrender. To bless by kneeling or bowing or surrender. Which simply means, you all, that we, in fact, are literally going to be certain to come before a great, the, a great God. And we're going to bless him by kneeling before him. Bowing in his presence out of reverence. I don't walk up in God's house like I deserve to be here. I'm not walking into God's house, Sister Baltimore, as though I'm in fact entitled to be here. No, I'm not. I should have been wiped out a long time ago. But the Lord, I, I come before your presence in humility and in reverence. And when I get there, I'm letting go all the stuff that's kept me bound. I surrender to you. I present my body to you. All right? Let's see if I'm right. Here it is. Watch this, James. Scripture verse for me. Here we go. All right. Psalms 103, verse 1. Praise the Lord, my soul. Now, right there, that word soul, that means all of you. Full emotion. All of you. I'm going to try to, I'm gonna try to be, hold back some stuff. I, I'm feeling something, but I just, I, I, don't, I don't want anyone to know that I'm, listen, he says, you need to praise with all of your soul, with all of you, my soul, all of my innermost, what? Everything I got inside, I need to praise him. Praise his holy name. Now, when I, in fact, read that particular word, that verse, that particular verse simply means to barak. And barak means to bow. It means to kneel. It means to surrender. Okay? Did I give y'all number four? Good. That's where I'm going to start tonight. Let's go. Here's number four. Number four, the fourth Hebrew word for praise is zamar. Zamar. Zamar, James, means making music to God with strings. Making music with, to God with strings. That's what that one is. Now, Zamar, making music to God with strings. String instruments. God, God, God likes it with music. Okay, um, let's go ahead to Psalms 92, verse 1. Psalms 92, verse 1. 
Psalms 92, verse 1. It, it's good to praise, to zamar the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High. Okay? Log that in for me. Psalms 92 and 1. That's the word, that's the word zamar. When I, see, when I see the word praise in that verse, that, that saying zamar, it's talking about praising God with string instruments. Y'all remember the time back in the day, they wouldn't even allow us to have certain instruments in the church. Because somebody wasn't reading their Bible. Somebody wasn't rightly dividing the word of God. Now, let me show you all, not only in Psalms 92 verse 1, but look at Psalms 150, 3 through 5. Watch this. When you get there, you're going to see the whole uh, uh, praise, and he talks about the zamar, zamar, which is the string instruments. Now, when we see the word praise on the front end, that word praise, however, is halal. It's halal. Halal means to rave, to boast. It means to rave. It means to boast. It means to celebrate. It means to clamorously, foolishly be, to clamorously be foolish. So now, that word praise, one, two, three, four, five, six, how many, is it six of them? Six. That, those words is halal. That's halal. However, when you get to the explanation, you're going to see zamar. Watch this. I need you to halal him with the sounding of the trumpet. I want you to halal him with the harp and the lyre. Halal him with tremble and dancing. Praise him with the strings and the pipes. Praise him with the, with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with the resounding cymbals. And what he's saying to us is I need you to use them instruments to bring praise unto me. Right? Here's the next one, number five. The fifth word is shabak. Shabak. Shabak means to address in a loud tone. Wow. It means to shout. Now, y'all listen. I am not going to scream and shout for somebody who don't know me and keep silent for the God who made me. You must have been writing. I, I, I'll do it again. I, I'm not going to scream and shout for my favorite entertainer who don't even know my name and then be silent for somebody who's given me everything that I have. God deserves my praise, deserves my worship. Okay, Psalm 63, verse 3 through 4. Psalm 63, 3 through 4. Because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I'm going to lift up my hands. Again, we see the reference of lifting up the hands. All right? But I will shabak you. I'm going to scream. I'm going to shout. I'm going to address in a loud tone. I'm going to make sure that people know that I serve you because your love is better than life. 
My lips will glorify you. I will shabak you as long as I live. Now, y'all help me. For, for y'all, we, we, we would have never known that that word praise there was the word shabak. And then on top of that, it means to shout with a loud voice. Y'all with me? You would have thought that that praise was clapping of the hand. No, that praise says, I need you to open your mouth. Open your mouth, and as long as you open your mouth, as long as you, in fact, shabak me, as long as you, as, as long as you live, I want you to shabak me, and in your name, I'm going to lift up my hands, shabak, okay? Let me give you the next one. Here's another word for you. Here's another one. It's called toda. Toda. Now, toda is to lift your hands in adoration. Now, now, that, that's now, that's two words that in fact, out of the seven, that deal with lifting of one's hands. You first have yada, and then we've got toda. Now, yada is acknowledgement. It's acknowledgement. Acknowledgement. To toda is adoration. Two different, two different reasons for, what I lift my hands out of acknowledgement. That is yada. But when I lift my hands in adoration, that's toda. You with me so far? One is acknowledgement, who God is. And I acknowledge him in the place of people who are around me. But then the word toda is adoration. So I let go of my pride, my life, and I give him everything. Psalms 50, verse 23. I read to you from the King James Version. This is what it says, you all. Whoso offereth praise, whoso offereth toda. Glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright will show the salvation of God. Will show the salvation of God. Now, um, I want to I want to ask y'all to go back and look at something. No, just make a note of this. In Psalms one hundred three, Psalm one hundred three, verse one. Psalm one hundred three, verse number one. I gave it to you when I was dealing with the word Barak. Psalms 103, verse 1. Now, what I want you to note is this. God says, whenever you praise me like I want to be worshipped, whenever you worship me like I want to be worshipped, whenever you worship me like I want to be worshipped, when you do that, when you worship me like I want to be worshipped, I will make sure that you receive all of my benefits. Now, what I want you to note is this. I don't have time to do it, but I just want to make sure you have this note. In Psalm 103, starting at the verse 1, he starts listing all of the benefits that you will receive as a result of worshiping him the way he wants to be worshipped. Psalm 103, verse 1, okay? Now, let, I got to go to the next one. Let me go to the very last one. Here's the last one. The last one is Tehillah. 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 Notice I didn't say 
tequila. But I said, what, y'all? Tequila. Now, um, they probably both do the same thing or require of you, exuberant singing, um, whether it's tequila or tequila. You know, it'll make, if, you, if you're doing tequila, it'll make you believe you can sing. And you'll start singing as though you are Beyonce. However, what we're talking about today is tequila. And that is exuberant singing. Psalms 34 verse 1. All right, Psalm 34 verse 1. Thank you. I will extol the Lord at all times. His tequila will always be on my what? On my lips. Okay. Now, I want to do this for you all. Take me. I want to go to Psalms 108. Psalms 108. Psalms 108 and um, verse 1 and verse 3. This is where all of the um, words are used together. You'll see the word zamar. You'll see the zamar. You'll see the word yadah and the word tehillah. It says this, my heart, O God, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations, and I will sing of you among the peoples. Whenever you see this, you already know that's Zemar, that's Yadah, and that's Tehillah. Now, here is what, um, here's what I've been trying to get you to see. Here's, here are the words, y'all. These are the seven Hebrew words that, that helps us to understand what, our, what a biblical worship looks like. Halal. Uh, Yada, Barak, Zamar, Shabak, Toda, Tehillah. Now, you, you just got a full course in Hebrew tonight that helps you understand what praise, what worship looks like from a biblical perspective. All right? Now, what I want to do, I want to do this. Um, you say, Pastor, what's the, what's, the, what's the whole point that you're trying to make? Here's, here's the thesis of my lesson, you all. If I had to give you all a thesis statement, here's the thesis of my lesson. And um, I'll tell you when to put it on the screen. Don't do it until I tell you. Here it is. Worship is love expressed. That's what I want you to write for me in your notes. Come on, put it down. Love is worship. Worship is love expressed. I want you to put that down for me. Worship is love expressed. Now, it's not worship if it's not love. And it's not worship if it's not expressed. I'm ready now. Give it to me. There it is. It's on the screen for you. Thank you. Worship is, here's my thesis. Worship is love expressed, period. Bam. That's it. Worship is love expressed. It's not worship if it's not love. And it's not worship if it's not expressed. I don't, I don't need, I don't need, I don't need to express, I don't need to express my love. I don't need to do that. I don't, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't need to ex express my wor worship. I'm sorry. What I'm trying to get you all to see is that worship is love expressed. It's not worship if it's not love. And it's not worship if it's not expressed. Y'all with me? So you, 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 you can't say, I just love God in my heart. 
and it not be expressed, I'm sorry. Ain't nobody going for that. And certainly not God. All right? So you can't say, I just love God in my heart. I'm not going to express it. Worship is what you love. And it is that expression of what you love. Okay? I want, to get, want you to take this down for me. Go ahead and get this. Anytime you are loving something or someone, you should love them according to that which is the way they receive love. Oh, yeah. This is going to help you with your relationship, too. Oh, I know. I know I'm, I know I'm telling the truth. Anytime you, anytime you are loving something or someone, you should love them according to that which is the way they receive love. Mm. Huh? Okay, y'all help me read. I can't see very well. Y'all help me read. My glasses, I took my, y'all help me read. Go ahead, say it. What does it say? Go. Mm. Wow. There's this book written by a guy named Gary Chapman called um, The Five Love Languages, Five Love Languages. It's on the screen for you in case y'all want to get it. It's going to bless you. I promise you to help you. Gary Chapman, he writes this book called The Five Love Languages, Five Love Languages. Where, and in this book, he does a study on people's love language or another word would be love style, love language or love style. So he, he helps couples to discover their mate's love language so that they can begin to love their mate from their style. Now, your mate love language might be quality time, which means spending time with them. To them, spending time with them means to them that you love them. That's what it means, okay? Quality time means you love me. Now, someone else's love language might be acts of service, which simply means, y'all, doing something for them communicates to them that you love them. Now, let me help you. Um, you can take somebody whose love language is quality time and give them the biggest gift you could afford, and they'll take the gift and throw it out the window. Because the gift doesn't say that you love them. What says that you love them is what class? Quality time. You fit with me so far. So, so the key is you have to love your mate in a way that you like that they like to be loved in a way that expresses love to them because that's what you do when you are in love with somebody. Watch this. Your, 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 your love language might be quality time, but her love language is acts of service or his is act of service. 
Well, you can't enforce, inflict your love language on the individual. You've got to find out what their love language is and then seek to conform. Am I right, class? Okay. And here's why we do it. Because we're in love with them. I do it because I love you. It ain't my thing, but because I love you, I'll do it. So, Pastor, help me make the transfer of this. Well, God has a love language. And he wants you to express love to him in a way that he loves. Been a long time for some of y'all. See, you, you're sitting up in here, you say, oh, I, I, this is what I need. This is what I need. Pastor, I'm leaving him because this is what I need. Pastor, I'm leaving her. She's not giving me what I need. This is my love language. Here's what God does. Sister Lon does, he does this. This is what I need. This is what I need from you. And you are not giving me my love language. I don't, I don't, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Then that means you don't love me. Because you will do what needs to be done because you are in love with the one who's placed the demand on you. God. Okay. My time is gone, but listen, I'm going to go ahead and give this to you. I want you all to see this. I want you to get it. Uh, hey, Pastor, um, I'm going to end it here. Pastor, um, I, I see what we, what we got in the Old Testament, but does Jesus give us any instructions in the New Testament? Yes. Um, I, I want you to go over to Mark chapter 12. I'm going to hang there. Mark 12, um, verse 28 through 29. Look at this. i got to hurry. It says, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Wow. Don't go no further. Stop right there. But look, 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 look at that. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. So he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Now, for many of you, Veronica, you all think that there's only ten commandments. Lady Moore, there is 440 commandments in the Old Testament. How many did I say? 440. Now, this guy comes up to Jesus and he asks Jesus, hey, I've been having a hard time um, doing what y'all require us to do. 
I want to know which is the most important of the commandments. What I like next, Elder, is what Jesus does. Watch what he says. No, uh, no, no. No, 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 no. Take me back, please. No. Thank you. You're messing me up. Watch this, y'all. Which is the most important? Jesus says, watch this, the most important one, stop there. That means that whatever's about to come next, Jesus, y'all, is going to give us a glimpse of what ought to be first, which might mean this, if I could get this thing right, then the other 439 will fall in place. Look at the question again. Y'all, I highlighted it for you. It's in, it's in teal blue. Which is the most what, y'all? In other words, which one should I give my attention to first? Now, y'all, it'd be something if Jesus didn't answer. But because he did, he gave us a glimpse of what we can look forward to. Watch this. He says, um, Jesus says, uh, the most important one is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Hold it. That ain't the commandment. Jesus just setting it up. Here's the next, here's the commandment, verse 30. Go there, please. Watch this. Here it is. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all of your strength. That became the most important commandment. Most important, most important. Listen, listen, y'all. If you, if you can do this one, if you can do this one, you can discover the 439 commandments to be easy. But if you forget the most important one, you'll find that the 439 can be difficult to do. Now, here's how I close, y'all. I'm finished. Here's how I close. He says, um, the reason why you find it difficult to do the 439 is because you have forgotten what's first. If I could get you to fall in love with me, then the other 439 will come easy to you. The problem is you're trying to do the 439 without doing first. 400 and the first one, loving the Lord thy God. That's why, Sister, Sister Luck, that's why it's so difficult for us to get stuff done. Because, Pastor, it's hard. You know, being a disciple of Christ, it's hard. Here's why. Because you ain't in love with him. 
if you were in love with him, come on, y'all. When you're in love with somebody, you do whatever it takes. Oh, God. And because I love you, I'm going to go the extra mile. Y'all remember when we used to date? Y'all remember when you used to date? Y'all, when, when y'all used to date? When y'all used to date? For those of you who used to date? You remember when y'all used to date? We, we did something like this. Um, um, how you, well, what you like? What kind of movies do you like? Um, uh, what kind of food do you like? Right? So, you know, ain't no use, ain't no use having, you know, going to no expensive seafood restaurant and she got an, an allergy to seafood. I mean, go ahead and save some money. You follow me? He says, and then whatever, 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 when we first fell in love, come on, y'all, it ain't been that long for some of y'all. When we first fell in love, and even if it has been, go back down memory lane. When you first fell in love, no matter what they wanted, if you didn't like it, you did it anyway. Why? Because I love that child. We've become so familiar with each other now. But when you were in love, you did whatever it took. So here's what the Lord says. I need you to fall in love with me. I want to tell you all this, y'all. Listen, I want y'all to love me. God knows I do. This crowd, I know, I know y'all, y'all love me. This other crowd I was teaching earlier, some of them love me, but not all of them. I already know. Okay? But I, I, I know y'all love me. Y'all love this church. Wow. They, they said amen on the church part. Man. Just, whew, got a little scared there for a moment. I was, you know. Try it again. Y'all, y'all, y'all love me, don't you? Y'all love me. Okay. And y'all love this church. But let me help you all. God's not after you loving me or the church. He's after you falling in love with him. With him. Every head's bowed. I'll pick up here next week. I've got more to give you. Falling in love with him. Ooh, man. Falling in love.